0: Coming up on episode 75 of the Keto Camp podcast, we have Dr. Jeff Matheson, MD.
1: And what really bugs me about the state of of the, you know, promoting omega-3s all the time, is that your cell membranes actually have very little omega-3s in them. You know, something in order of 3%. Why, overwhelmingly, your, your cell membranes are made of omega-6. That's why it's so much more prevalent in nature. And so it's the healthy omega-6s that we're really short of, not a lack of omega-3s, which, which is a message that drives me crazy.
0: What is up, Keto Camper? Thanks for joining me today. Well, this episode that's coming up right now is going to blow your mind. If you're a science geek like me, if you like talking about human biology, about the cells, the cell membrane, what's going on in the body, then you are going to love this episode because Dr. Jeff Matheson goes deep into the cell membrane and how the cell membrane is the pinnacle of all things perfect health. He gets into the dangers of fish oil supplementation. Oh my gosh. It might scare you if you're taking fish oil. What to do as a replacement. He talks about vegetable oils and what's that doing at a cellular level to the body. We get into healthy fats on keto. Which fats should you load the plate with which help feed that cell membrane, that lipid bilayer which protects your DNA. We discuss how to prevent heart disease, how to reduce cellulite, and so much more. I really enjoyed this episode of the KetoCamp podcast. You could tell because I asked him so many questions. I just wanted to learn and learn and learn. So you're gonna enjoy this episode very much. And before I bring Jeff onto the show, I wanna thank you for choosing this podcast. You know, Out of all the podcasts out there, you chose this one. It really means so much to me. It means so much to us over at KetoCamp because we're on a mission to educate and inspire 1 billion people on planet earth and every time you choose this podcast it helps us achieve or get closer to achieving that goal so thank you first and foremost please take a screenshot of this upcoming episode of the keto camp podcast and post it on your instagram story or instagram profile tag me in it my instagram handle is at vbenazadi that is t-h-e-b-e-n-a-z-a-d-i i'll be sure to see that and upload it to my stories and we'll get some other keto campers following you back. You could also use the hashtag KetoCamp or KetoCamper. We search both of those. If you haven't left the KetoCamp podcast a rating and, or a review on Apple Podcasts, please pause this right now to do so. It really makes a big difference and we would appreciate if you took the time to leave it a rating and review on Apple iTunes. This episode of the KetoCam podcast is sponsored by the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. This is my favorite olive oil. I use it for salads. I use it for dips. I use it for cooking. I just use it for everything. They do it right. That's why I love the folks over at Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. It's the highest antioxidant polyphenol rich olive oil I have ever found. I get three bottles delivered to my door every single month. And the way they do it is super cool. They actually handpick these olives from four different regions all across the globe. And they do it seasonally. Chile, Europe, different areas. They fresh press these olives, put it into a bottle, fly it on jet and deliver it to your door. I mean, how blessed are we that we have this process, this amazing process that's happening. And for a low monthly cost, you could get your bottles of olive oil delivered to your door. But I want you to try this out first there is a deal I worked out for keto campers. You can get right now a $39 bottle of the world's healthiest olive oil for one buck. That's right, one dollar. If you head over to ketocampoliveoil.com, you could go ahead and claim that one dollar bottle of the world's healthiest olive oil. That's ketocampoliveoil.com. If you haven't claimed my free keto kickstart guide, it's a 12 page ebook designed to teach you how to follow keto and fasting the right way. There's a meal plan in there and it's 100% free. Head over to ketokickstartguide.com to claim that free guide. Let's get into this amazing episode with the brilliant Dr. Jeff Matheson. Dr. Jeff Matheson obtained an HBSC degree from the University of Western Ontario, followed by his MDCM degree Doctor of Medicine, Master of Surgery, from McGill University in 1991. Dr. Jeff Matheson successfully practiced medicine in emergency departments across Canada and internationally from Ontario, Newfoundland, Abu Dhabi, and in the United Arab Emirates. He was later appointed medical director of MedEmerge INC in 1998, a company dedicated to staffing undeserved hospitals in Canada. In 2013, Dr. Matheson co founded an all natural migraine and headache center, which promotes a non narcotic approach to pain and headache management. Dr. Matheson has traveled extensively throughout Europe, Middle East, Africa, and Southeast Asia, and as well as Oceania. Dr. Jeff Matheson, welcome to the Keto Camp podcast.
1: Oh, thank you very much for having me.
0: It's my pleasure and privilege to be with you today. I'd love to get into what you're doing today and we're going to discuss all things fish oil, plant-based oil, skincare, oils for pets, and all that good stuff. We're going to deep dive into that. But before we do, let's go back to how you got involved with what you're doing now. Bring us back. I'd love to hear your story and share it with the Keto Camp audience.
1: Okay. So uh, my background is that I, I did an undergraduate work in biochemistry, went to medical school at McGill. Uh, when I got out of medical school and got my uh, my license to practice, I started, um, first of all, I did emergency room work. So I did emergency room work for about 15 years. I worked in multiple different emergency rooms all over uh, Canada, plus uh, some overseas work. And then um, when my kids got to uh, school age, I realized that uh, emergency room work is not very sociable, you might say, a lot of nights and weekends. So I... Uh, I had a friend who was actually working in a chronic pain clinic, and he says, you know, it's daytime work—it's pretty good. It's procedure-based, which merge guys like to do. So, started working in a pain clinic and realized that there was no standardization of how pain is being done in Canada at that time. So, I actually, uh, with the co- another company I was working with, we started a company where we standardized the practice of pain management. And that's now used by the the college uh, the regulatory board here uh for all pain clinics now have to meet those standards but what i realized after about uh 10 years in, in that kind of work i was getting very frustrated i mean it was a very successful business but it wasn't very successful for the patients and that's when i said uh, i had a few sort of health issues of my own uh wrists and low back pain a little bit overweight uh, someone introduced me to a sort of a nutritional program, and when I started doing it, my arthritis got better, my back pain got better. I lost 20 pounds and six inches to my waist, and I said, what's going on here? So I tried this program in a couple of my patients, and geez, uh, I had four patients within six to eight months lose 100 pounds and come off 80% of their medications, and, and, and that's when sort of the, the light went off. It's like, wait a minute. Something we're not, we're not taught this in medical school. Like what, why is nutrition working? So what I did is um, I decided to do my fellowship in anti-aging regenerative medicine. And I ran into uh, an interview done with, with Brian Peskin, who you've you've interviewed before. And he would start talking about lipid biochemistry. And it's like, that was my undergraduate work. And it's like, that guy's right. You know, it's one of those light bulbs that goes off says, Hey, he's right. And so, um, that's how I sort of got into this more, you know, area of treating patients with proper lipids and proper fats, and how beneficial it really is. And it sort of it sort of snowballed from there. We, we you know, uh, set up uh, with a partner, set up a company, and and we've been basically trying to find ways uh, of introducing people to the proper fats that are necessary for health. Which you know we're surrounded by extremely bad fats, and it's very difficult for people, as you know. Part of the problem of you know, going keto uh, overall is finding a good source because like bad fats can harm you just as much as all the carbohydrates in the world can. So we've ended up in this position today where we're, we're starting to really see this explosion of ketogenic diets and, and people trying to lose tons of weight, get healthier, and, but there's a lot of guidance needed because it, the world today is not like it was 100 years ago when almost everybody was on, on a sort of ketogenic type diet and didn't even know it. It was just called, a, just called a healthy diet back then, <laughs> you know. So it, it's been a, a process of not only learning about myself, but sort of almost relearning what I learned in my undergraduate work and trying to sort of, you know, get rid of all the the, the pharmaceutical-sponsored stuff that you would learn in medical school and, and got bombarded with early in my career. And so it, it's really been a re, – it's a relearning. It's basically getting back to what I, I knew all those years ago.
0: That's really fascinating. So you learned and you unlearned some of it, and now you're relearning uh, some of it as well, and you're applying it and getting incredible results. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of your, your case studies, and I've seen you lecture at, at Dr. Pompa's events, and Brian Peskin is definitely a, a, a smart man who's who was on the Keto Camp podcast a few months ago. Let's talk a little bit about what fats do, and when I say fats, I mean the right fats, fats that heal, not fats that kill Quality fats, what do they do to the body at a cellular level? Like, What are they doing to promote health?
1: Okay, so first of all, the structure of the cell itself is based on fat, right? The cell membrane is a fatty membrane. It's a lipid bilayer, and the composition of those lipids is extremely important to the function of the cell. Because remember, in nature, we don't have just function, and we don't just have structure. Everything's combined. And and it turns out that the the cell membrane, if you don't have a cell membrane, you don't have a cell, period. So life begins in the membrane is what we like to say. And the composition of that membrane is reflective of what we eat. So if we're putting bad fats in, we're going to have a poor cell membrane. And one of the interesting things that never gets discussed is how that cell membrane interacts with what goes on inside the cell. So not only is our cell membrane made up of fats, but also the mitochondria, which is sort of the energy producers of our cell are also made up of fats. And if you actually see a diagram of a mitochondria and you can certainly Google that, you'll see that that mitochondria is loaded with membrane. It has all these, they're called CRISTA. So there are all these invaginations and folds and stuff. And that's all cell membrane because all the enzymatic reactions that allow that mitochondria to produce energy take place in the cell membrane. And so you have to have healthy cell members for that mitochondria to produce enough energy. And if you don't, and I'm sure a lot of your viewers have, have experienced this, the lethargy and lack of energy and all that sort of stuff is all due to not uh, unhealthy cell membranes. And what really bugs me about the state of, of the, you know, promoting omega-3s all the time is that your cell membranes actually have very little omega-3s in them, <laughs> you know, something in order of 3%. By overwhelmingly, your your cell membranes are made of omega six. That's why it's so much more prevalent in nature, and so it's the healthy omega sixes that we're really short of, not a lack of omega threes, which which is a message that drives me crazy.
0: Yeah, so many so many health um, gurus or practitioners talk about omega three, omega three, omega three, which is great. You you want quality omega threes for sure, but they neglect quality omega six, which is what the cell membrane is made up of. and And I'd love for you to talk about the relationship between the cell membrane, which every cell, 70 trillion cells are made up of this cell membrane, which is fat. What's its r- responsibility to relationship to the DNA in the cells? What, what's going on between the cell membrane and our DNA?
1: All right. So 25 to 33% of your, of your cell membrane is made up of omega-6. 40% of your mitochondrial membrane is made up of omega-6 and 100% of your cardiolipin, which is where all the enzymatic reactions take place on, is made of omega-6. And when, you, when you're when you trying to keep DNA under repair, you have to have the proper omega-6 surrounding that nucleus, and you have to have mitochondria working at peak energy efficiency because repairing DNA is, is very energy intensive. And I like to think of nature as sort of um, it doesn't do things differently every single time it takes a model that works and reproduces it just on a larger scale so if we look at our brains our brains actually take about 20 percent of our metabolic energy it's one of the most active metabolic tissues we have in our body and it's the reason why we don't have any hair on our foreheads right because our brains would actually overheat if that happened so i think of the nucleus is probably the, the most energy intensive part of what the cell uses now if your mitochondria Uh, have bad fats in them, they can't produce the energy that that nucleus requires to stay healthy because we're getting damaged by external radiation, cell phone radiation, like chemical exposures all the time. Our DNA is getting damaged all the time. And it requires a lot of energy to keep it repaired. And if you can't produce enough energy to keep it repaired, you're going to end up with this accumulation of mutations or broken DNA. And of course, uh, then the C word starts creeping out is it going to turn cancerous? And so the way I look at things is that if you don't have healthy mitochondria, you can't have a healthy nucleus, therefore you don't have a healthy cell. And that cell, it's not prone to dying so much. It's prone to change into something you really don't want later on.
0: Yeah, and, and so you would say, and I would say that when you have an unhealthy mitochondria or unhealthy mitochondria or inflamed cell membrane with bad fats, feeding being fed to the cell membrane it could trigger bad genes to turn on and do things we don't want it to do which can in some people lead to things like like cancer so it's very important to understand this and the fact that our cell membrane is made up of fat and it loves fat but it needs to be the right types of fat and let's uh, leading into the next topic here is i hear a lot of people and i've heard over the years and even myself i used to promote this Fish oil. Take fish oil for your hair, your nails, brain function. Even on keto, we see a lot of people promoting fish oil on keto. What's the issue with fish oil? All right. So, fish
1: oil became popular after an article was published in 1976 out of Greenland, looking at Inuits, and and they the, these the Danish uh, researchers uh, found that the Inuits had low rates of of heart disease, so they figured it was their high fish diet. Well. There's a couple assumptions made there. First of all, we don't even know what killed the Inuits because in 1976, they didn't have very good health care. So, you know, 20% of people died with no cause of death, no one. And the Inuit traditional diet is actually doesn't have very much fish in it. They eat mostly seal and, and whale and blubber, right? So it's a high animal fat diet, actually. And that study was actually totally debunked only a few years ago. And, but the problem is it spawned an industry. And when I was a kid, I, I was born on the East Coast, when, the, when they used to go and catch fish, they used to clean the fish and they used to take the livers and stuff and they used to toss them overboard and the seagulls would eat it and stuff like that. When the fish oil was, uh, they thought that the high consumption of fish was preventing heart disease, they said, well, we just throw this stuff overboard, what if we just keep it and we make fish oil out of it? And so, an industry responded. It was another profit center for the fish industry, <laughs> and so they started studying, trying to prove that it would that it would uh, do something. And they started doing all these studies in fish oil. Most of them were, you know, not very well done scientific studies. But there's about fifteen thousand fish oil studies that have been done, and when you do a statistics on it, you would say that using a p you know p value of 0.05, you know, the the, the stats like to use say That means Five percent of the time you're going to be wrong in that study. Well, that leads to 750 studies, and if you actually look at the number of fish oil studies, about 750 studies are positive. Most of them are actually negative. But it didn't agree with basic biochemistry because fish oil in itself has got EPA and DHA in it, and uh, I, I'm sure your viewers probably
0: know a lot about that if they're in the keto area already. But okay, but 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 if you want to you want to talk a little bit more. I, I don't want about... to go into the technical names, but.
1: One of them is a 20-carbon fatty acid. So you know, f- fatty acids have our uh, long chain of carbons with a carboxyl end on one end and a-, a methyl end on the other end. Okay, and the number of carbons in that chain is, you know, if there's 20 carbons, it's 20 carbons long. If it's 22 carbons, it's 22 carbons long. And then DHA and EPA have five and six double bonds in them. So the- which means that there's, I don't want to get too technical, but with- when you, have two, uh, when you have a double bond between two carbons, it's actually more unstable, so more fluid. Think about it this way. The less double bonds it has, the more solid it is. So if anyone's seen coconut oil at room temperature, coconut oil is a solid, right? But fish oil is a liquid because it's much more unstable. It's much more fluid. The more double bonds you have in a structure such that, the more unstable it becomes. But that's okay for fish that live at zero degrees centigrade, right? Or 32 Fahrenheit if you want to go America. Yes,
0: that helps. <laughs>
1: they live at free, frozen temperatures. They need something that unstable because otherwise their cell membranes would solidify. Well, we live at 37 degrees centigrade or, or 98 degrees Fahrenheit. We don't need that. What happens is those oils are way too unstable for us to be consuming at the large doses that are being prescribed today. In fact, they're about 350 to 720 times more unstable, right? It turns out that the 18-carbon omega-6 and the 18 carbon omega-3 are the only two essential fats that we that we have to get from a diet because that's what's actually in our cell membranes we actually don't have that much fish oil in our cell membranes we're not fish we don't live at those low temperatures so what ends up happening we're putting all these unstable fats in our body it's actually taxing our ability to keep them from oxidizing so so when they're unstable like that the oxygen can attack them much easier in fact there's a study of New Zealand showing that almost 83% 83% of all fish oils on the shelf are, are oxidized, but on the shelf.
0: Even before we even take it.
1: So anybody who's taking fish oil knows that those fishy burps, that's actually oxidized fish oil. That's what it is. And so there's no way that that can be healthy for you. It, it just doesn't make sense from a biochemical standpoint. And people talk about brain health and stuff when it comes to fish oil. Turns out that the NIH has looked at this. And they've determined that you only need about 4.3 milligrams per day of DHA and EPA made for a healthy brain. That's way less than four grams per day that often people take, which is a thousand times more. So you can understand that we're giving this massive overdose of fish oil to people. I'm always amazed at how well the human body deals with it. I always tell people, you know, people talk about the fragility of life. I said, I'm amazed at how much we can abuse ourselves and we can still live.
0: I say it all the time. It's a testament to the human body the way it's built because we are taking so many punches these days, and we're still able to function. Just like you said, it's it's really remarkable.
1: It is remarkable. It is remarkable. It, it's you know you think about even smokers, right? Smokers smoke 30, 40 years before they run into trouble. I mean, imagine the toxic load that just from doing that, right? But that now, of course, today we have many other problems. You know, with the chemicals in our food and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I mean, trying to eat clean is a challenge, especially in North America. It seems, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, nutritional counseling with my patients, and they, they just throw up their hands. And say, I don't know what I can eat. I see
0: yeah, that's where fasting. That's where fasting comes into the mix. Right.
1: <laughs> don't eat. Don't eat as much as you think you need
0: to. So we know that people are mega dosing on fish oil, which I did for for so many years because I thought it was healthy. So they're megadosing on fish oil. You said that the brain needs about three point four milligrams a day of DHA. Is that what you said?
1: Four point three. Yeah.
0: Four point three milligrams. So if somebody's not taking fish oil, how would they get that DHA?
1: Well, most people actually make just enough uh, enough of it. It's actually a, not a very fast reaction. It's it's a slower reaction and it's a steady state. The other interesting fact is the DHA and EPA. When they did radio label studies, they found it actually hang around the brain in a steady state for up to 18 months. So you actually, you actually, there's not that big a turnover of it. So this whole idea that, that we need tons and tons of it is actually not true. It actually the stuff we make, although it's made more slowly, that's okay. It's a steady state reaction. So there's there's, there's really enough of it around. You just have to have the right fats to put into the, the fatty acid cascade to make it in the first place.
0: Hmm. So we'll, we'll get into that. We'll make sure we talk about the right fats, but before we do, I want to talk a little bit more about what fish oil does. So, where does it end up? Like, when we consume it, what's the metabolic pathway of fish oil?
1: Uh, well, most of it actually gets, gets broken down, right? Uh, because it's, the body recognizes it's toxic, right? It tries to fight the, it uses up all its antioxidants and all this sort of stuff to try and, you know, stop it from coming in. Because a lot of the fish oil is, I don't want to get too complicated, but it's, a lot of it's in an artificial ester form. That's how they make it lasts a little longer and, and the body can't really doesn't really recognize it because it's the wrong chemical makeup. So mostly, mostly it goes down the um, beta oxidation. So the body just tries to burn it up as energy. Uh, what it doesn't able to use is so someone just stays in your colon and, and it can really loosen you up a little bit, but, and the bacteria break it down as well. But if you overdose on it, you're forcing some of that, those bad fats into cell membranes that are not, that's not supposed to be there. And that actually has been shown to decrease the efficiency of mitochondria. In fact, a good study just came out last year showing that you can decrease the efficiency of mitochondria by almost half by forcing DHA and EPA into the cell membranes of those mitochondria. And what's really cool is, but if you replace it with omega-6, it almost rapidly turns around and goes back to its former efficiency rate just by supplying, This is why people feel so good when they do the conversion. They feel so good so fast. Why is screaming for this stuff?
0: So you said so. Let me just get that straight. If you overdose on fish oil DHA, it can decrease the amount of mitochondria, which is your energy power plants in your cells, by up to 50%. It could take out. It could wipe out 50% of them.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it lowers the amount of energy that can produce by about 50%. It's it's actually shown to actually suppress gene expression in the mitochondria. This is this is just just a paper that came out just last year.
0: And, what, and also, it's doing something else. It's, it's pushing out cardiolipin, which you talked about earlier. So what, what's going on with the cardiolipin?
1: So cardiolipin is, is a, they call it a lipid raft. So basically, it's, it's a raft of solid 100% omega-6 that all the enzymatic reactions. So, so in the mitochondria produce energy by using the Krebs cyclone, by using the electron transport chain. But all those reactions take place on the fats. And all those uh, enzymes that use it are all transmembrane. Uh, proteins. And so you need the proper omega-6 in there for optimal function of these enzymes. And now what's what's really interesting about omega-6, and this is uh, uh, like a trivia that people have no clue about, is that, and there's only one paper that's ever looked at it from 1976, it was a cystic fibrosis paper, where they looked at the oxygen dissociation curve of different fats, and they found that omega-6 has almost the same oxygen dissociation curve as hemoglobin. Now hemoglobin, as we know, carries oxygen to all the cells in our body. We've always been taught that oxygen passively diffuses through a cell membrane, where it gets somehow magically gets to the mitochondria where it's used to produce energy. Now, what I've learned about nature is nature doesn't do things randomly like that. And you can't have free oxygen fro- floating around in a cell because it's, it's a powerful oxidant. It'll oxidize anything it touches. So it turns out that the omega-6 is intimately involved in bringing that oxygen to the mitochondria, where it's actually used to produce energy. So proper omega six is 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 incredibly important for that optimal delivery of oxygen to the mitochondria, where it's used to produce energy. So that whole thing I talked about earlier on about you know structure and function, it does both. It's not it, membranes are not passive things; they're actively involved in the function of every part of the cell.
0: Is is cardiolipin involved with the oxygen?
1: Yeah, cardiolipin is where all the enzymatic reactions take place on, in the mitochondria itself, and it's a 100% omega-6. It's all omega-6. There's no omega-3. There's no other things in there.
0: 100% omega-6. So when you're taking fish oil, which is omega-3, That's right. And you're overdosing it. What's happening in there? It's shoving it out of the cell. That's
1: right. Yeah, because you're 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 literally overwhelming the system. You, you know, you're taking a, a 50 to 100 to, or 50 to 1,000 times overdose. Eventually, the body has no more capacity to get rid of it, right? So it ends up going into the cell membranes because you're forcing it there. And then your energy level will come down because your mitochondria are not not efficient, right? And and what's interesting, and and you you may have seen this, is that people take large doses of fish oil. There's actually next to no omega-3 in your skin, but if you're taking mass amounts of fish oil, the omega-3 will get into your skin and it'll oxidize. And those are called age spots. And so what's really interesting, if you look at people who have... Taking lots of fish oil, look at their hands or look at their face. They'll have age spots. Mm. And when they stop doing that and they replace them with the proper six, those spots go away.
0: Can that lead to if the sun hits that skin and there's fish oil there, can that lead to the increase of skin cancer?
1: Well, possibly because of you know oxidative stress and, and, and higher inflammatory levels and stuff, yeah, for sure it can. In fact, there's a study out of Norway showing that the people that take the highest amount of fish oil actually have the highest rates of skin cancer.
0: Yeah, I made a video about that, exactly. And, and that's, that's not causation, it's correlation, but still, there's, there's some smoke there. Pretty,
1: pretty, yeah, it's pretty convincing, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. It's just, it's just another reason why we don't want to deal with the fish oil. Let's say it's not the 83% that's rancid. It's the most pristine, one of the best companies in the world, fish oil. And somebody is taking one month on, one month off of this fish oil. Is that also a problem? Can, can that be a problem?
1: Well, your body can get rid of it pretty fast, but it's interesting. What you want to ask the person is if they're on it for a month, do they feel any better on it? Like people always say, uh, and uh, as a physician, I get asked those all the time when, you know, they want to do blood tests. They want to check for this and check for that. And I I always tell them, how do you feel? If you feel good on it, then it's probably doing something positive. If you don't feel good on it, then, or feel neutral, you know, I'm not sure it'll it'll work. And as Brian pointed out, fish oil probably has some anti-inflammatory benefit early on because it's got a steroid-like effect, a cortisol-like effect. And but that wears off quite quickly. So some people will notice that that little bit less pain, but it's actually not it's not it's not a long-term healthy effect. Whereas when you put healthy fats into, you will notice uh, an anti-inflammatory effect even faster, and it's and it's long it's long long-lived most of the benefits of fish oil will probably peter out of a month three mm,
0: so okay. I, I i just
1: tell people stay away from a period i just don't i don't i don't trust it i don't trust the sourcing of it you know when you think about the pristine making official, fish oil first of all you have to fish it you have to because it's supposed to oxygen as soon as you take the fish out you you have to clean the fish i mean are they doing that under pristine conditions i mean is that possible i, I have no clue right they say it's pristine but God I don't see how it could be just based on the the mechanism of how the fish industry works.
0: Do you think there's also a benefit when somebody initially goes on fish oil to bring the balance of omega 6 to omega 3? closer to what nature intended because a lot of people they're eating bad fats and they have a high omega-6 to omega-3 ratio so do you see a benefit of balancing that out i'm not saying you should take fish oil to do that but what i'm saying is if somebody feels better on fish oil initially do you think part of that is because that balance is getting a little bit better uh, i don't think okay. so
1: first of all the whole omega-6 to omega-3 ratio stuff is i don't bother measuring that i don't i tell my patients to ignore that Healthy omega-6 is really important. Healthy omega-3 is also important, but not nearly as important as healthy omega-6. The body, if you just give it what it wants, it'll sort out the ratios mostly on its own. And you've got to remember that omega-3 from fish oil is not omega-3 from plant sources. They're not the same thing. And this is one of the the problems with the term omega in itself. Omega is is a biochemical naming term. It actually doesn't tell you anything about the molecule that they're trying to describe. So think about it this way: uh, If anyone has done organic chemistry or biochemistry, this is all review. But fats have a carboxyl end, which is that carbon with a couple of, with an oxygen on it and, a, and a hydrogen, and it's got a methylene, which is a carbon with three uh, hydrogen atoms on it. The carboxyl end is considered the alpha end. The methylene is considered the omega end, being alpha being the first letter of the Greek alphabet and omega being the last letter of the Greek alphabet. If you count. From the omega-n, the n- number of carbons, until the first double bond, That's if it's the three carbon, it's omega-3. If it's the six carbon, it's, a, it's omega-6. If it's the nine carbon, it's a, omega-9. But it doesn't tell you anything about what's the rest of that molecule is like. And they're completely different molecules. So calling something omega-3 is actually... It doesn't tell you anything mm-hmm. Is it omega-3 is it a 16 carbon omega-3 and a 18 carbon omega-3 20 carbon 22 24 they're all omega-3s but they all do vastly different things and that's one of the things that's confusing people is just calling it omega at all we should be calling it by, by its proper chemical names and realize the dha and apa are non-essential fats and we don't need very much if any of it at all the only two essential fats are the 18 carbon plant-based one, which is linoleic acid, or LA, and alpha-linoleic acid, ALA, and that's it.
0: So That's fascinating. Yeah, so, so there's another issue that I've read, or I, I think it was probably you who spoke about it on stage, or maybe Brian Peskin. What happens when somebody's overdosing with fish oil, and now they have an omega-3 dominance? What happens to the fluidity of that cell membrane when you have an omega-3 dominance?
1: All right, so fluid, uh, the, the membrane's fluidity is made up of not only the, the – the, um, uh, it can adjust itself based on the amount of omega-6, omega-3, and the saturated fats in the cell membrane. So saturated fats, as everybody knows, are stiffer. The more double bonds you put in – so omega-6 has two double bonds. The omega-3 ALA has three double bonds. The more double bonds, the more fluidity. You're starting to put things with five and six double bonds in there. Now you've got a membrane that's actually – getting unstable right is not rigid enough and and it's much more easily damaged and you think about people who take a lot of a a fish oil bleeding problems bruising i mean you i'm sure some of your clients have seen this i I have patients who and uh, i'm sure you've talked to people every time they take fish oil they get a bloody nose
0: Mm.
1: well that's it's their membranes are too unstable it's not healthy right so you know, you start putting that stuff in there, you're not only slowing down the efficiency of your cells and it's efficiency of your mitochondria, but you're making a cell that's way eas- easier to damage. And we think of the um, problem with concussions today. I mean, I, when I played, you know, I played hockey 40 years ago, 45 years ago, I actually was the uh, uh, trainer for my son's hockey team when he was 15. And these kids today are getting concussions out of hits that don't make any sense i mean this they're they're much more fragile than they ever used to be and that's all to do with bad omegas in our diet our brain is made of mostly omega-6 and if you have if you force omega-3 in there especially epa and dh you there, know, you're going to make a brain that's much more prone to injury you know and <laughs> we see it i mean concussions they talk about them all the time
0: that's really fascinating to me because i, I watch the nfl the national football league here in america and concussions are happening more than i've ever seen it and i've been watching that sport since i've I've been a kid so this is information you should bring to the nfl i mean this is super fascinating
1: yeah and when you when you think about it the the equipment they wore 40 years ago is nothing like it is today but yet there's still injuries are through the roof
0: yeah it's true it's true uh, okay, so we've we've bashed fish oil, <laughs> but for a reason. We're not doing it because we're anti fish oil. We're anti fish oil because we know the dangers of it. That's right. What about krill oil and cod liver oil? Do those fall into the same category?
1: Yeah, they mostly fall in the same category. Cod liver oil probably is the only benefit of it. It's it's very quite high in vitamin D, and we're very short of vitamin D in in our society. I, I've as a in Canada especially. I've now measured I think twelve hundred vitamin d levels in my patients i've only had seven normals wow that's that's a crazy low number yeah so i think the, i think the benefit of quad liver oil is mostly the vitamin d content the krill oil i mean one of the things it has is it's got one of the more more powerful antioxidants in it uh,
0: uh astaxanthin, yeah
1: and um probably the benefits people feel from that are from the antioxidant effect probably not from the oil content itself mm. and you know i don't know any human who goes out and and just captures a bunch of krill and starts eating it uh, whales certainly do, but but humans. I always think of it this way: is like evolutionarily, why would we be deficient of something you can only find in the ocean? We've been separated from the ocean for millions of generations. Right? It doesn't make any sense from just a strictly, you know, evolutionary point of view that we've all of a sudden in the '70s we discovered we're deficient of something you can only find a mile under the ocean. I don't get. I don't understand.
0: That. Yeah, so that's a good argument. <laughs> all right, so we got. We're clear on that. So if somebody's following the keto diet, they're taking fish oil, they're inspired to stop taking fish oil, they're probably going to feel better. What other fats are there out there that damage the cells, damage the body, and and cause problems?
1: Well, now we get into the whole plant oils that are processed, right? So one of the things that that canola oil, corn oil, soil oil, any generic vegetable oil, uh, and, and in fact, a lot of the bad olive oils, unfortunately, You have to find good ones. If you look at the way they're processed, one of the things that fats, uh, unsaturated fats, I'm talking about, do not like is oxygen, because it disrupts them. Remember, omega six, it carries oxygen in the cell membrane, so it's it's sensitive to being oxidized. Now, it's actually at room temperature, it's actually fairly stable, but that's not how processors uh, process it. What they do is uh, especially with uh, things like canola oil, which is promoted as a healthy oil, they heat it multiple times. You actually look or go to the Canola oil Council and look at how they process it. You would never eat that stuff. So when you heat it, you actually are oxidizing it. And when you oxidize an oil, it starts to smell bad. It smells like rotten fish, which is when you go into a fish market, what you're smelling is actually oxidized oils. That's what it is. And of course, if you started putting that cooking with that in your food, you would go, what the heck are we uh, are we doing? This stuff smells terrible. So what they do is they deodorize it, and they take out all the solids that are in there, which is all the crap that's come together, and then they put that as a healthy oil. Well, that's a dead oil. It's already been oxidized for you, which means it can't carry oxygen anymore. And then you, your body takes it in. It can't recognize the difference between an oxidized omega-6 and a non-oxidized omega-6. So you start putting that oil into your cell membrane, you get cell membranes that can't carry as much oxygen anymore. And there's something called the Warburg effect, which some of you may have heard of. The Warburg effect, Otto Warburg is one of the greatest biochemists of the 20th century. Uh, Worked in Germany from the 30s until the 50s. But he did a a very unique experiment. He was able to show that if you take human cells and you decrease the amount of oxygen they get by about 30 to 35% intermittently, those cells will turn cancerous. So now we we take these processed oils, we put them into our cell membranes, we decrease the amount of oxygen across the cell membranes, and then we wonder why cancer is now taken overtaking heart disease as the number one killer in North America today.
0: Wow. Yeah, one, one out of three people. That's
1: right. It's, it's, and, and 60% of us now will get cancer at some point in our lifetime. Well, that's, that's insane. Cancer rates in 1900 were 3%. You can look it up. They actually tracked that stuff. They did autopsies on people. They knew what they died of. It's an insane system. So now we've taken these, these vegetables, we've heated them, we've denatured them, we've oxidized them, and then we, we sell them as healthy oils and people are eating them all the time. Just look at the ingredient list of anything you buy at the store. 90% of it will have a processed oil of some sort in it. Because when it's already oxidized, it doesn't rot. You know That's why oral cookies can stay on the shelf for months and still look the same. Or, you know, something that's like margarine, <laughs> you can leave it in your garage for a year and it still looks the same. I don't, I don't know. A good friend, a friend of mine said, said, you know, if you can leave something in the garage for a year, it's probably not edible.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're right. Vegetable oils are so toxic. It's, it's one of the main things that I tell my clients to look for because— it's ubiquitous, it's everywhere. Even at Whole Foods Market with the, with the food bar there, if you look at the ingredients, you're gonna see at the olive bar, they're, they're being soaked in canola oil, soybean oil. So vegetable oils, we have to limit it as much as possible if you wanna prevent some of the, the things that our people are dealing with, which is cancer, heart disease. I asked Brian Peskin during my interview with him if he had the choice between smoking a cigarette every single day or eating cooked vegetable oils every single day what would he do? And he answered me by asking me a couple questions, and the questions he asked me was, well, let's break this down statistically. He said, what would be the chances if somebody smoked two packs of cigarettes every day for 25 years, what would be their chances of getting heart disease uh, or, uh, or cancer? And he asked me, and I guessed, and the answer was 16%. Uh, one six, which is less than what I would think. Yeah, and then he
1: said, "It's, it's interesting because not as common as you you thought it thought
0: could. Yeah, totally, totally. I, I would fifty percent to sixty percent. Most people would guess. And then he said, "Okay, let's compare that to if somebody had cooked vegetable oils every single day for twenty five years. What would be their percentage or, and chance of getting heart disease and or cancer?" And the answer was eighty six percent. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's a huge like yeah. uh, comparison there. So that just makes vegetable oils just so toxic, so dangerous. And I hope that really lets people understand how dangerous it is. So if you're having vegetable oils and fish oil on your diet, you're, you're doing a lot of harm to the body.
1: Well, it's interesting. There was a study, uh, and there was a mouse study that used a mouse model of Alzheimer's disease. And um, they were trying to compare whether olive oil versus canola oil and versus nothing, whether it would make the rats better or worse. And their assumption was that using a healthy oil like canola oil will make the rats better and they're less prone to Alzheimer's disease. And of course they found the exact opposite and they're going, holy, oh, we didn't expect this at all because, and it turns out, no one's ever looked at the question. What's really interesting about canola oil research is how little of it there is. We've just been told this is a healthy oil. And, hey, you know Canada's one of the biggest producers of canola oil in the world. And you look at it, and it keeps being reported as a healthy oil, healthy oil, healthy oil. But the studies actually don't back that up. And it, you know, we're now we're involved in a, just an aside, we're involved in a trade dispute with China, and China stopped purchasing all our canola oil. And I don't think they'll ever start again because they probably noticed their population's getting
0: healthier. Yeah, yeah. And when you say we, you mean Canada, not you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's exactly. It's crazy. It's everywhere and it says heart friendly, heart healthy on there and it's the exact opposite of that. So it's that, it's that 180 approach that Dr. Pompa teaches. Find out what the government is promoting, what the mainstream media talks about and do a 180 and you're gonna get healthier. Okay, so we talked about the, the bad fats. Now, for myself, as soon as I learned about the dangers of fish oil, it, it blew my mind and I, d- I did some more research and it confirmed what I was t- being taught. I immediately got off of fish oil. I immediately told all my clients, hey, I'm wrong about this. I don't recommend you take fish oil anymore. And then I switched to a product that you actually helped develop, which is called Pureform Omegas, uh, which is a plant-based oil that I've been taking personally for a year and a half now. Could you talk a little bit about how you developed this product and what it does? All
1: right. So Brian is sort of the one that came up with the concept, and and we uh, we licensed— from him, but the, the whole idea of, of uh, Puriform is that it's sourced well, so it's all organic. It's not only cold pressed, but it's cold pressed under a blanket of nitrogen. So this oil has never touched oxygen. And when you realize how important it is in oxygen delivery in cells, you realize why that is. And every capsule, as, as you know, has a little bubble in it, and that bubble is nitrogen, which means there's no antioxidants, no preservatives. So it's the rawest, most organic sourcing of the product you can get, which is a really important because if you think about it from an evolutionary point of view, we used to eat stuff straight out of the ground, right? You'd pick it up, you'd eat it. It was perfect. It was right in its, its, its raw organic stage. And if you look at things now, we, we don't have that choice anymore. And, you know, a strict raw vegan, yeah, maybe they can get the proper fats from, but try, you know, in Canada, of course we have, you know, six months of winter. I mean, how is that possible? How are you going to get it from that? So, the whole idea was that it was we we put the, the proper oils in there that are processed under the right conditions and and preserved properly so that there, there's no oxygen at all uh, that these oils have ever exposed to. That's why people feel such a difference so fast. Now there is a little bit of a trick in the oils. In fact, that because we use a predominantly uh, evening primrose oil in it and uh, we discuss about the different plants and what they have in it, but even primrose oil has a high degree of what's called GLA or gamma linolenic acid. Now gamma linolenic acid is interesting because it's involved, if you look at the fatty acid cascade, you'll see GLA in one of the steps. It's actually the step that before what uh, the fatty acid cascade produces what's called PGE1 or prostaglandin E1. Prostaglandin E1 is the most powerful antioxidant the body makes. So what's key to the success of the product is not only has the proper fats for cell membrane health, it promotes your body's production of its own best anti-inflammatory, which makes people feel better so much faster. That's why people with arthritis and stuff, even your dogs with arthritis, they do much better in a couple weeks. It's literally that fast. And I first realized this when a patient of mine did this with her dog. She had a 14-year-old chocolate lab. And the uh, the lab, the, the dog couldn't go up and down stairs anymore because of the arthritis it had. And she said, Can I give it to the dog? And I said, Yeah, it's perfectly safe for dogs. It's what your cell membranes are made of. And she literally said, Within two weeks, the dog's been up and down the thing, to going for long walks and, and like crazy stuff. So, and I have another client, he said, Could I give it to my cat? He had a 15 year old cat that, that the vet had told him the only way this cat's going to be able to su- survive is if we do bilateral hip replacements. <laughs> it's like... Well, who, who's going to pay for hip replacement in a cat? Somebody might. I don't know. But so he started giving form to the cat, and now that he measured it, the cat can jump seven feet.
0: Wow! He measured
1: it. So, so the product is—is is it? In I love the way the product is designed because it addresses so many different issues. It addresses not only cellular health, but it also addresses all the inflammatory issues that almost all of your clients probably felt at one time or another in their lifetime. This is why they changed over to a more ketogenic diet because they wanted to get healthier. They wanted that inflammation level to drop down. So that's how, so, so how it's done. it done. that was a process that we started about seven years ago. And uh, there's a lot of neat things happening now.
0: Yeah, and, and, I, and I love the product personally. I, I've been taking it. I give it to my dog as well. Uh, now you have the liquid form. And by the way, I'm gonna put a link for PureForm uh, Omegas. Yeah, I'm gonna put a link for that in the notes of the podcast and also the YouTube video with a couple of coupon codes for for keto campers. What are some other benefits of PureForm that you've seen in the clinical practice?
1: Uh, clinical practice. I mean, I, was, oh, so I guess because I still do active chronic pain management and migraines stuff, so it, I find it great for migraines, great for concussions, uh, skin, hair, nails. People notice that uh, very quickly.
0: Like skin cellulite?
1: Yeah, skin cellulite. Uh, because people don't get it, but there actually is no omega-3 in your skin. It's, it's a, the ratio is like 1,000 to 1.
0: Omega-6 to, to 3.
1: Exactly. So you have to have good omega-6 for healthy skin, period. And this is the best omega-6. This is why people notice their skin almost immediately. Get better complexion, better healing. That's one of the things that we've uh, that I noticed early on was better healing. In fact, I'll tell you the story of the first patient that uh, that ever happened. So this was a guy who had a type one diabetes, and he had a liver kidney transplant. So he was no longer diabetic or a liver uh, pancreas transplant, sorry, and so he's no longer diabetic, but he still all had the peripheral vascular problems that diabetics get. So he had non-healing wounds on his feet, he had neuropathy, all, all the things that certain diabetics run into. And, and when diabetics get wounds on their feet, they don't heal. And he was actually scheduled to have his foot amputated because he of a non-healing wound. So I said, just try this. I gave him actually two bottles, and I said, just try it. And take eight a day, so be, be aggressive. Five weeks later, he canceled his surgery, right? And that's one of the so the, it's another one of those aha moments. You're going, I've never you know I've been practicing medicine from, at that point. i been practicing medicine for 25 years. I've never seen anyone cancel uh, amputation mm-hmm. surgery. And then I had another patient who was a vascular path who all came in with a cold, dead right leg. And she was scheduled for below knee amputation of that leg. Again, telling get aggressive with the supplementation, and she canceled her amputation surgery. And this has sort of led to this push to try and get it into the wound healing space, which basically, if anyone knows anything about wound healing, it's a wasteland as far as pharmacologic intervention and trying to get people to heal up from wounds. So anybody who's facing any sort of surgery, they will notice they will heal much faster on piriform. That's one, one thing that we know for sure it does do, And all my patients say that. As I said, I always talked about arthritis. I've had other cases where I had a woman who, um, she's a chronic migraine sufferer, but when she was younger, her father owned a dry cleaning business and she used to play in the dryers. And of course, the dry cleaning chemicals are just, (laughs) they're bad. And then she had chronic migraines. She was taking lots of Tylenol and it gave her a a cirrhotic liver. And when I first met her, there was something called the MELD score, which is a, a score that determines the chance of getting a transplant at some point five years in the future. And her chance of getting a transplant was about 76%. So six months later, she had her MLD M- score done again after doing six months on pure form. And her M- LD score went down to a 19% chance. Wow. And, and that's and it's the only thing she changed, mm-hmm. right? So the, those kinds of stories are like amazing. And I remember another story of this, a, a, a guy I met in Iowa. I was lecturing down there. And a um, guy walked up to me and he says, you know, uh, I've been taking those oils for about... Uh, about a year now and I said oh well thanks very much and he goes I used to be on dialysis my doctor says I don't need dialysis anymore I said, wow that's that's pretty powerful wow people don't come off dialysis unless no. they get a kidney transplant so so those sorts of stories are the things that keeps me going because you run into these things all the time with people telling you that Crohn's disease settled down or their or ulcerative colitis settled down or you know just interesting things I mean Anything, anytime you can make that body work more efficiently, you're going to get
0: some sort of medical benefit. Is is there anybody who shouldn't be taking PureForm?
1: Uh, no, because it's what all your cells are made of. So, I, uh, unless you have an allergy to one of the ingredients, uh, which are on the label, I've only had maybe two people or three people in the entire six or seven years we've had it out uh, come back at us and say I can't take this. Like it's literally that low, and our, our reorder rate is 97. percent Yeah. people when they get it and they use it they feel it and they stay on
0: it yeah myself included
1: come back yep (laughs) because they they know when they get off of it people say that all the time when they they stop it and they say oh my god it feels so much worse yep you
0: know I love it I I, I endorse the product for sure Uh, I've been taking it for almost two years and my dog's been taking it and I definitely feel better on than I do off so we'll put a link for that check out the product it can only help you Uh, I know that Cause I've seen it with my clients as well, not just myself, but with my clients as well. Anything else you want to add to that before we move on?
1: Uh, no, I, as I said, all you do is try it. Right. Um, uh, as I said, it, the product stands for itself. I don't, I don't have to really promote it. I just want people to try it and they will feel the difference and they usually feel it really quickly. So, I mean, I really don't have to add much more than, than that's, that. It's that simple.
0: Yeah, exactly. Go give it a try and you'll, you'll see it for yourself. You'll, you'll feel it and see it for yourself. Okay, I have two more questions. This has been a great conversation. I've been learning a lot, so thank you. What, uh, what's the most exciting thing that you're working on right now, Dr. Jeff?
1: All right, well, I've, this is really early stage, but uh, about a, a month ago or about six weeks ago, we got introduced to a couple of families who have kids with, with what's called EV disease or butterfly disease. It's basically a genetic problem with collagen Formation and what happens is their skin is quite fragile. They're called butterfly children because their skin is like the, the the wings of a butterfly. It's that fragile. Whenever you touch them, they get blisters and the skin breaks down and gets wounds. And 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 the most severe form of it, they don't live till they're they only live to about twenty.
0: They're wrapped in bandages. They're wrapped in
1: bandages all the time. They've always got open wounds. They end up with 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 amputations, and uh, uh, it's just it's a horrible horrible disease. And now this is very early on, but we've got these these the three kids on it, and the, the initial reports back is that their healing times are much less. So they feel more energy, but they also their skin is healing much faster. They may not prevent the breakdown, but the healing is much faster, and that's very exciting because there's about 200 of them in Canada, about 3,000 in the states. I believe about 200,000 worldwide people with this, and they don't have any. There's nothing for them, right? They they just basically are managed uh conservatively bandaged and then when things become infected or whatever they start cutting off pieces of their body and it's a really horrible thing to to, to see happen to these kids so we're very excited about that and we're also uh, going to be seeing each other in california next week at the uh, hfc or hcf
0: conference yeah live it to lead it with dr pompa and the team yep that's
1: gonna be fun and then uh i, I believe the the keto uh keto con conference uh no sort of low carb usa
0: Low Carb USA. Are you, are you going to be there? We're going to be there. Oh, yeah. So Low Carb USA, I'll be speaking there in January, and Dr. Jeff will be there as well. So make sure you go and get your ticket, lowcarbusa.org, and use KetoCamp at checkout. So that's awesome. I didn't I didn't know that until right now. Yes,
1: yeah, we, 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 we're going to go. So that's going to be fun. I am look, look, look forward to talking with you again and, uh, personally, and, and I'm sure we'll have lots of other great stories from both our clientele base uh, about uh, what's happening. Uh, I'm always excited because uh, cause, cause every day I come into work with a smile, and I, have, I always tell people I have the greatest pain practice in the world. Most, most pain practices, everybody's got a frown on their face. You don't find any frowns in the faces in my clinic. Everybody's happy here.
0: That, that's awesome. Okay, I have, uh, I have actually two more questions now. Uh-huh. What is your definition of perfect health? Uh, so
1: this is an interesting question. because so Perfect health is supposed to be, or definition of health in general, is just absence from disease right? That's, that's the actual definition of health. What's What's fascinating is about two months ago or three months ago, an article came out trying to redefine health. They're try, so they're trying to say that if you're only on a two medications or, or less, you're, you're healthy. <laughs> you, you can tell that, that that article was probably sponsored by somebody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so really perfect health is as a disease, you should not have Problems with pain, you should, uh, you should feel energized, you should be sleeping well at night. So perfect health, it's it basically how you feel. And don't, step, people tell you, just because you're a certain age, expect this to go wrong. I get this all the time. When I was 50, you know, I had a little bit of 30 wrists and some low back pain and stuff, and I thought that was just normal for age. And it turns out it's not, and it can be treated. This is a good story. I have a, a patient who, she was a headache sufferer, Came in with her mother. Her mother was in her 80s, right? So I'm talking to her about what I want her to do. And her mother's listening and says, that sounds like a lot. It sounds like it makes a lot of sense. And so she did everything that I told her daughter to do. And now her daughter comes in and says, I can't keep up with my 83-year-old mother. She's got so much energy. She's the first one up in the morning, out the door. She's doing all sorts of things. And really, that's what we should all be doing in our 80s, Right. You know, if you look at the most longevity uh, uh, studies, most people who are very long-lived, they get sick in a very short amount of time and then they die. But you should be healthy right up to the end. You should be able to do almost everything right to the end. There's this whole idea of, yeah, yeah, your knee should bother, your hip should bother, all that sort of stuff when you're 80 or 90. No, that shouldn't happen. That's not the way we're designed. We're designed to go full out right up until the very end. And then, then you just go. (laughs)
0: That's right. Yeah. So there's there's a difference between health span and lifespan. So what we're talking about here is is both, you know, being healthy and living a long life, not just staying alive longer, but having to have a low quality of life. That's not perfect health. So great answer. I love that. Final question, Dr. Jeff, is what are you grateful for today?
1: Uh, I'm grateful that I've uh, had the opportunity to learn from my patients. Too many medical interactions today are the doctor talking at the patient rather than listening to the patient. And one of the things that I learned in, in medical school is you have to listen to the patient. And, and one of the things I'm grateful for is emergency medicine is a great way to teach you humility. So one of the things I, I learned is every time I thought I knew everything, something would come up and, and bite me in the ass. And that if you, you've got to learn from those experiences because everybody makes mistakes. They're not mistakes, they're learning experiences. And I'm grateful that I was uh, able to be open enough to learn from all my mistakes that I've made over the years and now provide a service to patients that um, uh, they find extremely valuable. And that's one of the biggest things I have going for me now is that, you know, when I come into my office, every single patient has a smile on their face and it's a great interaction. And I don't know many doctors who have that
0: yeah me too i love it so where where can my audience find more of your work
1: so i write a bunch of blogs on uh, on purelifescience.com which is the, the website of, of the company i work in uh, canada in headache and migraine management uh they can they can find out i have a, a migraine clinic in ajax ontario so it's just outside of toronto and that's mostly where where i i post my education stuff i we do these conferences and people can talk to me if they come to the various conferences and, and, and we'll, you know, we announce on our website and and our Twitter feed and all that sort of stuff where we'll be. And if we're going to be at a conference, I will be there and I'd love to talk to people in person, get their stories, give them advice, you know, whatever I can do to make their life a little bit better.
0: Yeah, awesome. So if you're going to Low Carb USA, which some of the listeners are, you you get to meet Dr. Jeff and myself. So definitely that'll be a great experience. And check out uh, all the resources that Dr. Jeff just mentioned. I'll put that in the notes. Uh, Dr. Jeff, I want to acknowledge you for the work that you've been doing. I'm sure you've been getting a lot of backlash against um, fish oil, uh, people who promote fish oil, which a lot of smart people still promote it. And I'm sure you've been getting a lot of heat and you take that and you still educate and you speak your truth. So I wanna acknowledge you for the research you're doing, the people that you're helping, what you just shared about those, um, that disease. What's that the disease called again? Butterfly Kids. The but- Butterfly Kids. That's That's so amazing that you're doing that and helping them heal faster. So I thank you. I've been learning so much from you over the years and I'm just grateful for this conversation and I really enjoyed it. So thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Well, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun.
0: I hope you enjoyed that with Dr. Jeff Matheson. It's one of those episodes where you probably have to listen to it a couple times, maybe three times to really absorb the dense information that he just shared. He's a master at his craft, I really got so much from this episode. Thank you for listening to this entire episode. Make sure you check out the resources, the notes, the timestamps of this episode. We put all that together for you. We have our pro, our show notes pro, Rachel, putting it together for you. So be sure to take advantage of that. If you want to learn more about that product Pureform that we spoke about that I give to myself, to my dog, to my girlfriend, that I replaced my fish oil with. I'm going to put a link for it in the notes of this podcast. We have two coupon codes for you one for $4, one for $3, depending on if you're getting the liquid or the capsules of the Pureform product. So you can check that out by clicking on the link in the notes of this podcast. There are two coupon codes for you. I also have a video called The Truth About Fish Oil, and I'm going to put a link for that in the notes of this podcast. You could also find it on. my YouTube channel, which is the Keto Camp YouTube channel. I go into depth uh, into what fish oil is doing to the body. So if you want to learn more about that, head over to my YouTube channel, click the link in the podcast notes. Again, if this was helpful, please leave the show a rating and review. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story or profile. Tag me in it. My handle is at TheBenazadi, T-H-E-B-E-N-A-Z-A-D-I. I'll be sure to see it and share it on my stories. If you want help putting all this information together, if you want health coaching, 100 plus videos designed to teach you how to master keto and fasting and so much more, head over to ketocampacademy.com. This is an online program you could join from anywhere in the world and it's gonna teach you how to master your health so you can get results that stick. Not results that work for a month and you go back to your old ways. No, these are amazing transformations we're seeing in the Keto Camp Academy. Head over to ketocampacademy.com, learn more. I'd love to coach you. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. It really means so much to us. You'll hear me on the next episode.